When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome again to the Explaining History podcast and today what I'm going to do is talk a little bit about the planning and the preparation of the Gallipoli campaign, um, Britain and France and the British Empire's ill-fated intervention into the Dardanelles um, during the uh, First World War. So um, we're reading mainly from Ottoman Endgame by Sean McMeekin which is a, a really, really fantastic uh, journey through the final years of the Ottoman Empire uh, and uh, the um, acceleration of the decline of the empire uh, as a result of the First World War. As most scholars have pointed out, um, the British and the French actually underestimate the Ottoman Empire in, in 1914. And the Ottoman Empire between 1914 and 16 uh, lays some pretty major blows on the British. Uh, at uh, Kut Alamara, for example, and uh, at the um, in, in the Dardanelles, but it is eventually the protracted um, nature of the war uh, that grinds down all of the central powers. Um, but the decision to uh, invade uh, at the Dardanelles, um, if we listen to um, Field Marshal uh, Horatio Herbert Kitchener. Um, in his uh, representation to the British War Council um, on January the 7th, 1915, uh, he said, The Dardanelles appeared to be the most suitable objective, as an attack here could be made in cooperation with the fleet. If successful, it would re-establish communication with Russia, settle the Near Eastern question, draw in Greece and perhaps Bulgaria and Romania, and release wheat and shipping now locked up in the Black Sea. So being able to control the Dardanelles, um, that uh, narrow strait between the Black Sea uh, and the, uh, the Aegean, uh, and eventually the, uh, the Mediterranean, meant that there could be a flow of uh, troops, supplies um, and foodstuffs from uh, southern Russia, perhaps to the British Empire, perhaps to uh, British North Africa, uh, perhaps all the way through the Mediterranean to Great Britain I- itself. But there was a- another motivation for attacking I- at the Dardanelles. And this came uh, as a-, a request and also an implied threat from Russia itself. 
Now, Sean McMeekin writes, on December, on December the 30th, 1914, the Commander-in-Chief of Russia's armies, Grand Duke Nicholas, summed, uh, summoned Britain's military attaché, Major General Sir John Hanbury Williams, for an urgent audience at the Stavka in Baranovici. Uh, reports were pouring in from Tiflis in Georgia. The Turks, Nicholas told Britain, the, the Britain, had mustered an army of 100,000 and were advancing on all fronts. Little wonder Tiflis command was preparing to evacuate the entire Transcaucus. Pitched, uh, pitching the panic um, high, the Grand Duke complained that Russia had been forced to deprive the Caucasus of the better part of its troops to meet the common German threat, as desired by our allies, thus opening the past for uh, Enver's crushing um, Sarkimi's offensive. Reminding the British attaché about the fragility of civilian morale in Russia, there had been a wave of strikes in St. Petersburg in July 1914, shortly before the war's outbreak, which peaked during the week of the French presidential summit. Uh, Nicholas warned that any further losses sustained against Turkey, Russia's favourite old punching bag, could be fatal to her ability to stay in the war. So Russia is putting an imagined gun to its own head and saying that if the British don't do something uh, about this Turkish threat in Russia's southern flank, Russia might be forced to pull the trigger. Um, and the implications for the British is if the uh, Russians are knocked out of the war, uh, Britain's war um, and the Anglo-French war in the West will be lost as well. Um, any current upswing in enemy morale, he told Hanbury Williams, could be sharply reversed as there were many places in the Ottoman Empire where any force brought to bear could, be, could broadly compensate for Turkish victories in the Caucasus. Um, so the Russians can't leave it open as to where they think an attack against the uh, Ottoman Empire should form. Um, but they strongly hinted at uh, the idea that if Constantinople came under threat, uh, that the Turks might might give up. Now, the easiest way to place Constantinople under, the, under threat is to occupy the Dardanelles. But it seems as if the Grand Duke didn't have to really persuade the British very much. The British were keen for some kind of naval demonstration, as it was put in euphemistic terms, uh, against the Ottoman Empire, and the Russians were very keen on this. So much so um, that when Hanbury Williams was um, finished with the Grand Duke, he went directly to St. Petersburg, which had now been renamed uh, Petrograd, and he spoke with Sir George Buchanan, Britain's ambassador to Russia. Um, Buchanan then sent a telegram to Sir Edward Grey on New Year's Day 1915, saying that it was important that Britain now do something to relieve the terrible pressure um, fate that Russia was facing. Grey sent this uh, memo um, and the request, apparently from the Grand Duke, to Kitchener and Churchill, who met on Saturday, January the 2nd, 1915. And the extract that I read out at the beginning of the podcast Kitchener's uh, representation to uh, the British War Cabinet happened five days later. So you can see the pace of decision-making. Um, and one of the routes that the decision-making flows from 
is these conversations taking place in Russia. Now, one of the great ironies was that at Sarakamis, the uh, Russians routed the Turks um, during the three-day period in which telegrams were passing forth between uh, Russia and London. Um, so the uh, and also Sir John French, the um, head of the British Expeditionary Force on the Western Front, had reminded uh, Kitchener that no troops could be spared for the uh, the Eastern Theatre. Uh, so there was, in some ways, little little reason or purpose based on the existing rationale to go ahead with the Dardanelles campaign at all. However. Churchill had decided that it was um, a a workable idea. Kitchener, too, really uh, thought it was uh, the way in which to get the the war moving again. Um, The reason why is that there was stalemate on the Western Front. Um, The German defensive positions were uh, almost impregnable from um, the Channel Coast all the way to the Swiss border. And the British War Cabinet um, had little idea what else to do. They were at at exactly the time that the Russians make this vague request about something uh, that could happen in the Dardanelles. The British War Cabinet was actually debating about where a second front could emerge. So it's an unfortunate meeting of need and suggestion, time and circumstance. Um, the head secretary of the War Council, uh, Maurice Hankey, um, suggested that Germany can perhaps be most str- um, uh, be struck most effectively and with most lasting results uh, on the peace of the world through her allies, particularly through Turkey. Um, Churchill had previously um, written to Asquith on the 29th of December, uh, suggesting that there should be a diversion in the Baltics, which would draw Germany away from the Western Front. Um, Quite how that would have been possible, and um, navigating through the Gulf of Finland and all the rest, um, full of uh, floating mines and that kind of thing, um, it's difficult to ascertain. But Churchill's kind of enthusiasm for projects was very rarely uh, tempered by their practicality at all. Um... He read the Hankey Memorandum uh, and began to consider uh, that Turkey should be uh, the the likely um, target for a diversionary attack. The War Cabinet quickly became divided between Easterners and Westerners, Westerners believing that there should be a renewed pressure on the Western Front, uh, Easterners believing that the war could be won uh, via the Ottoman Empire. Um, Hindenburg... Uh, was sufficiently alarmed about the possibility of a a breakthrough um, at Alexandretta in the Ottoman Empire um, that he thought that it might perhaps jeopardise the entire war. Um, So they they were definitely on to something. However, there were um, those who, uh, in in the war cabinet, that uh, dismissed these notions, and um, many of the uh, chiefs of the general staff uh, believed that this couldn't be done either, and that it was a, a kind of a meaningless diversion and a sideshow. Um, in part, their own egos and their own um, fixation on their own careers uh, on the Western Front was um, uh, to, to blame for, for this perspective. 
The Dardanelles were just one possibility uh, um, when it came to an attack on the uh, Ottoman Empire. Um, Lloyd George um, thought that Syria might be the uh, the place to attack. Um, the French were desperately uh, against this as they had um, Syria in mind for themselves should there be a defeat of the Ottoman Empire and a partition of the empire at the end of the war. They believed that there were long-standing kind of cultural and historic connections between France and Syria. Um, so it remains curious as to why Kitchener was settled on purely on the Dardanelles so quickly to um, the exclusion of uh, other objectives in the Ottoman Empire, um, or perhaps even um, leaving the Ottoman Empire alone uh, in its entirety. It also ignores the fact that there already had been a diversionary attack in uh, the Ottoman Empire. The British had already uh, invaded uh, Mesopotamia, or modern-day Iraq, via the Shat al-Arab waterway, um, and they had uh, plans to uh, march up the uh, Tigris and the Euphrates rivers um, and to seize Baghdad, and there was the possibility, of course, that the Russians might meet them uh, halfway um, and could participate in a, a joint operation. Um, there was um, little possibility that the Russians could participate in the Dardanelles um, or by sending uh, or send any, any troops uh, to help and support. And there was the problem, and this is perhaps the most significant problem, is that the Germans had spent months building the Dardanelles into the most fortified area in the Ottoman Empire. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And it would be, in part, these fortifications that would defeat uh, the Allied landings uh, so successfully. Um, looking at the intelligence on the Straits uh, shore batteries, uh, including those on the Sea of Marmara, uh, the Russians now ruled out an attack on the outer Bosphorus, though one had been seen as more feasible um, as, re as recently as July 1914. 
Um, the Stavka, the uh, Russian high command, concluded rather grimly that the favourable moment for seizing the straits has been lost. And this was said in early 1915. So, British wartime intelligence uh, on the Ottoman Empire uh, was not quite as good as Russia's. And Kitchener and Churchill might well have concluded the same thing if they had access to this intelligence or if they had uh, intelligence that good of their own. The uh, defences of the Dardanelles had been vulnerable up to about August 1914, were now formidable um, in just a few months. Um, the Dardanelles command, um, before the Germans had got involved, had 20 shore howitzers ranging from 15 to 28 centimetres, uh, most accurate only at short range, although bigger guns had an extreme range of 15 kilometres. As the British knew, the main batteries were located at the southern tip of the Gallipoli Peninsula, um, Cape Hellas, or Sedel Bar, um, as it was known by uh, the Turks, and at Kumkale on the Asian shore opposite, with a second line of defence at the Narrows. Uh, at Kilidbar on the European side, and at the forms of Hamidi and Chanak in, in Asia. What the British did not know was that the Germans um, had placed a hundred had 170 gunnery experts, and they brought heavy naval guns, including 355mm Krupp cannon, uh, which were mounted on the side of uh, the south of Chanak. Many of the new mounted guns were cleverly camouflaged, while dummy batteries were erected elsewhere to draw off enemy fire. By the year's end, uh, according to Sean McMeekin, there were enough guns that the Dardanelles uh, command formed a 3rd Artillery Battalion to man a new howitzer zone behind the entry uh, at the Kumkal Sedubar. Um, and the, the Germans wrote, responsible for the delivery of plunging fire on enemy ships. So the, the British, due to poor intelligence, intelligence that could easily have been provided by the Russians, but the Russians were rather too keen on drawing the British into, uh, cre into creating a second front uh, in the Ottoman Empire, um, were working into um, a bloodbath. Both sides of the Straits were covered in um, uh, heavy guns, with also with mobile gun batteries, um, and with five on the European side and three on the Asian side. Of course, the uh, the Dardanelles is the um, straits by which Europe and Asia are separated. The German culture, the German military culture of um, discipline, had been instilled in the Turkish shore gunners. Um, and so many of the, the, the values of um, German military efficiency had been imparted to them. German commanders were very impressed with the uh, work ethic uh, and the uh, intelligence and commitment and dedication of Turkish troops. German NCOs were um, liberally uh, dotted across um, the Dardanelles and with a, nearly one German um, officer serving with every Turkish gun crew. The education of the Turkish gunners in the shore batteries 
wrote uh, Guido Usedom, who was the uh, chief engineer uh, on the uh, project of rebuilding the Dardanelles as a formidable um, defensive uh, site. Um, his, uh, report, when he reported to the uh, Kaiser, he said, has been a great success. The last firing drills into the Straits demonstrated not only forward strides in accuracy, but also in the direction of batteries uh, by Turkish officers, um, of whom a far greater number than was expected have proven themselves to be, high, to be uh, quick studies. When the American ambassador, Henry Morgenthau, uh, toured the defences in 1915, um, he said that his view was that he had the impression that he was in Germany. For everywhere, Germans were building buttresses uh, with sacks of sand uh, and, in other ways, strengthening emplacements. The scale of the disaster at Gallipoli uh, and the uh, level of uh, official incompetence that um, led to it is uh, well chronicled because the public inquiry that happened afterwards um, where created a huge um, investigatory paper trail. The British Admiralty had basically no knowledge of the shore batteries along the Dardanelles. They had no knowledge of the reinforcements. They didn't seem to really have much knowledge that the Germans were there at all. One central flaw with the entire uh, operation was that uh, fighting British ships, uh, no matter what they had uh, faced, even though it had been fairly light opposition, would have had to have arrived off the shore at Constantinople, um, heavily depleted um, after having fought um, and fired um, their way up the Dardanelles. And the um, Ottoman capital unless there were tr vulnerable troop ships coming uh, along uh, with Britain's warships, wouldn't be able to, um, to, to seize the capital um, because there wouldn't be uh, enough troops. So the initial phase of the operation up the Dardanelles, which was to uh, break the uh, Ottoman power uh, along the Dardanelles and then um, hold the city of Constantinople at gunpoint... Um, the initial phase that was meant to be done with naval power alone um, transpires can't be done with naval power alone, as we uh, as the British were about to find out, um, and therefore um, the sceptics um, who uh, existed, who the sceptics who came out uh, during the official inquiry, um, who lambasted the idea uh, from its inception. Um, were preparing uh, their arguments even before the first ships set sail. One of these critics was Admiral Jackie Fisher, who, despite uh, voicing misgivings in letters to uh, Admiral Jellicoe, um, still had um, the ear of Churchill and the two, until the Gallipoli disaster, were um, close friends. Fisher's scepticism... Um, led Churchill to uh, contact Admiral Carden, um, who was commander of the Mediterranean Squadron, to ask him whether he thought that this mission would be possible. Carden came back and said, yes, it would. On January the 11th, he produced a four-point plan for a naval-only operation along the Dardanelles, 
Um, and the uh, result was that Churchill then embraced the idea. On the 13th of January 1915, um, the First Lord of the Admiralty, Churchill, um, had received an intelligence report um, that suggested that the uh, German ship, the Goben, with which we've talked about before, uh, that uh, escaped into the Black Sea at the start of the First World War, had actually triggered Russian mines near the Bosphorus and now would be out of action until uh, April. Uh, the second uh, piece of information um, that Churchill came across was from Fisher, who had now changed his thinking um, and suggested that um, whilst most of the attacking squadron would consist of older ships, Britain's new superdread, not the Queen Elizabeth, um, which was coming from Gibraltar uh, for gun trials, could try out its new guns in Turkey instead. So uh, an old a a a German uh, heavy cruiser out of action and a new dreadnought brought into play is enough to convince Churchill that this operation is a worker. Churchill said, "Once the forts were reduced and the minefields would be cleared and the fleet would produce, proceed up to Constantinople and destroy the Goban, they would have nothing to fear from field guns or rifles." which would be merely an inconvenience. Such words would later come back to haunt Churchill um, as the disastrous campaign would destroy his political career during the First World War and it would only really rehabilitate itself towards the end of the conflict. But it seems above all that the British believed what they wished to believe about um, the Turks' ability to fight um, their underestimation of um, Turkish uh, defences, their almost uh, complete lack of any intelligence, um, and their um, motivation based on the uh, requests of the Russians, which were disingenuous to say the least, um, were a, a, an example of kind of British hubris, it's possible to uh, put forward the idea that uh, under such circumstances uh, that um, decision-making is always imperfect, but um, it's also um, possible to suggest that British imperial hubris uh, and arrogance um, had uh, led to a large part of, of this crisis. Uh, I'm going to be continuing in a week or two, to examine the Dardanelles campaign, um, as there are several phases to the, the unfolding tragedy. Um, but I'll leave you here, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. If you can um, swing by our Patreon page, um, if you enjoy uh, these podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated. We do have some uh, very generous patrons that keep us going uh, with a small flow of income, uh, but obviously uh, we're kind of flying a shoestring here. So any help you can give, much appreciated. Anyway, thanks very much, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. All the best. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.